Uh, this weekend, we're starting a two-weekend series called Breaking Walls. You know, it's no secret, our society and our world has done a pretty good job at building walls around us. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus, it's our desire to tear down those walls, to make a significant difference in this world. And this weekend, we're talking about the first step, and that is crossing the boundary lines. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt completely left out? Have you ever felt like you were somebody on the outside looking in? You know, last year in 2018 on Reddit, it was an Ask Reddit question that was raised. What was your worst experience of being left out? And here's two of the responses that I found on that Ask Reddit post. One person wrote, when I was on the basketball team in fifth grade, I went, to the enti- I went through the entire season with no one passing the ball to me once. Eventually other teams began to figure out and they just stopped defending me. And I'd be standing there totally wide open and no one would pass me the ball even though they were all double teamed. Someone else shared, once in fourth grade a rich girl who was always dressed like a million bucks decided to have a swim party for her birthday. She passed out invitations to the entire class except for me. I tried not to cry, but it hurt. And later, when asked why she didn't invite me by other girls, she claimed that I was, because it was, I was too poor and she didn't think I could afford a swimsuit. Have you ever been in those situations where you've just felt completely abandoned, completely excluded, completely left out? I mean, these moments really hurt, don't they? I mean, they sting a lot. And I bet safe to assume every person sitting in this room has experienced that at some level. We've all been on the outside looking in. We've all felt excluded. And I bet it's also safe to assume that we've also been on the other side. We too have been that person excluding somebody else. We too have been that person that has pushed somebody else out, made them feel abandoned. Truth be told, we've been on both sides. We've experienced both sides of it. And it's not fun. It's not good. And it can hurt a lot. And did you know that in the Bible, there's a story of a man that experienced the very same feeling. He had that same feeling of being excluded, of being left out. And a lot of it was because of his own doing. At this time, it was the height of Jesus' popularity. People were just flocking to see this man, Jesus, hear his teaching, see his miracles, see what he was all about. Excitement was at its peak. And in this moment, in Luke chapter 19, it's written, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. You know, our world is divided by social barriers. Our world and our society is just completely divided by social barriers. But this isn't something new. This is just not something new that all of a sudden just developed within the past couple of years. This has always been a human nature p- problem. From the beginning of time, social barriers have been created and created divisions. It's experienced in countries all around the world. And it's experienced when Jesus even walked the earth. 
Social barriers are a big problem because what they do is they are influences that hinder us as followers of Jesus to truly accomplish what God has called us to accomplish. To go where God has called us to do. To do what God has called us to accomplish. See, what God has called us to do is to be his witnesses. Jesus in his great commission to us said that we are to go into all the world making disciples, bringing them into a real relationship with him. And when we build walls of social barriers, all we do is push away the very people that God called us to love on, to guide towards his heart. Social barriers have the ability to completely shut down the ultimate mission as we follow Jesus. That's all they do. You know, think of the stereotypes that we allow. Think of the stereotypes that you allow, that you follow, that you've been brought up with. You know, the views that you have on other people or even other groups of people. You know, we often think that because of other people's choices or what they may do, that we're not able to socialize them. Whether we voice it or not, we tend to believe that by how we act around them. But I know we can. I know we can break down those walls. You know, when I was in college, my best friends were from Cleveland. They were Browns fans. I believe God can do all things. He can break down those walls. You know, here's the reality. We tend to build walls that God wants to destroy. You know, one of the most amazing outreach opportunities that I ever saw a church do back when I was in college when I learned about this group and what they would do is a bunch of them, they would get together and they would set up shop these tables and this catering service that they provided, um, all the buffet of food, chairs and tables in a parking lot directly across from a gentleman's club. And they would do this in the middle of the night and they would wait for the girls to leave for the evening. And when they came out of the facility, they would invite them over to have a meal. And their whole purpose, their whole goal was one thing, to let these girls know that you are cared for, that you matter, you are significant. And so often we view that and we think, boy, that's horrible to associate with them. But those people, that group, tore down walls. These girls that felt unaccepted, these girls that felt like abandoned, that this was the only path that they had for their life, began to find hope. Lives were changed because this group chose to just one, do one simple thing. We're going to provide them a meal in the middle of the night and just let them know that you are loved. You know, sometimes we create these barriers and we separate ourselves from other people and we completely miss out on the opportunities to be light that Jesus calls us to be, to be the city on the hill, to be the salt that God wants us to be. We miss out on these opportunities because of what we do, because of our behavior towards them, because of the walls we build. And the story in Luke chapter 19 reveals these social, social barriers that we tend to create. You know, in that time period, there was a definite divide within the community. During this time, there was a political power struggle between the religious leaders and the Roman authorities. There was a big battle, culture war going on. And because of all that, Zacchaeus, we see some social barriers that he developed, that he created all around him. 
that we still sometimes create in our own life today. Some of those include our position and how we conduct ourselves. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And by that role, working for the Roman authority verse and going against your fellow mankind created the social barrier within him. And how he conducted himself within that role created a barrier with the other people in his life. You know, sometimes it's our social status that creates these social barriers in our life. The Bible says that Zacchaeus was wealthy. Don't overlook that, that at all in the story. Because in order for Zacchaeus to become wealthy as a tax collector, what they did was they cheated all the Jewish people who came in to pay their taxes. And they cheated them so that they could become more and more wealthy. And the Bible also says that he was a short man that could not see over the crowd. And sometimes it's our physical stature, our physical nature that creates barriers as well. Zacchaeus experienced all this because of his position and how he conducted himself with other people. Because he cheated them and, he, and his social status and because of his physical stature, he was experiencing some serious social barriers in his life. Here's the reality. Our natural tendency is to develop social barriers that build walls. Truth be told, every one of us struggles with it, whether you realize it or not, whether you want to own up to it or not. We all struggle with this. We all struggle with this drift in our life that just creates barriers with other people or other groups of people that need torn down. And Zacchaeus struggled with it too. And so did every single person in that crowd. Every one of them. Zacchaeus built walls by his position. His desire for financial gain and personal power built walls with other people in his community. His role and his wealth revealed that he cheated the very people that he was called to serve. And the crowd built walls by how they viewed Zacchaeus and how he wronged them. You know, it's been said that life is 10% what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it. Have you ever heard that before? There's so much truth to that. Life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond to it. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control how you respond. You can control your attitude. Sometimes we are wronged. No doubt about it. The people in the crowd, they were wronged by Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus was being wronged by them. But still, when we are wronged, we don't really deal with it too well, do we? And then we just create more problems by our behaviors, by our attitude, by how we respond. When I was younger, I was in the Boy Scouts. And I'll never forget this, this one uh, camping trip that we went on to Norfolk, Virginia. We stayed on St. Andrews Air Force Base. It was a great trip. But on this trip, there's one father and son who got this new deluxe camper. I mean, it was pretty sweet. And they brought this camper to the camping trip while everybody else was in tents. See, what the problem was and what the tension that created was not everybody could go into the camper. And so that first night, they privately invited some of the boys to join them on this camper that had AC, it had a TV, and they were watching movies. I mean, it was deluxe, and we were all in tents. And I remember my tent buddy, who was a really good friend of mine, I was laying there and learned, while I was laying there and he never entered the tent, that he got invited on the camper. I didn't get invited on the camper. I remember sneaking out of my tent, going to the camper and peeking in and seeing them all watching a movie. I'll be honest with you, I was hurt. I was pretty, pretty hurt by that. And so I did what every 12-year-old hurt boy would do. I went back in that tent. I grabbed his suitcase of stuff. I opened up his suitcase and I threw his stuff all through the woods. 
And I went back in the tent, I zipped it up, and I went to bed to let him find it in the morning. And then the next day, I didn't talk to him all day long. I was ticked off at him. And I was kind of internally hoping that he would just come and say, Bill, I'm so sorry. Like, I knew I messed up. But he didn't. And I just lingered on all day long. And that evening, when he never came and talked to me, I finally went up to him. I won't say his name. But I said, dude, you hurt me, man. I didn't really say it like that. But he just goes, yeah, I could kind of tell you were upset. Can I just be honest? I was kind of wronged. I mean, it's kind of like a small, mellow out of being wronged. But I was wronged. And I was hurt pretty good by it. I felt excluded, but I did not handle it good. I didn't. I just created more grief, more problems, more walls. And unfortunately, that's what we tend to do. We use the excuse of I was wronged to create more problems. And that doesn't make anything better. It doesn't. You know, we cannot control what happens to us, but we can control how we respond. You know, our attitude and our behavior is everything. It's everything. It is a game changer. And the walls that we have in our life are revealed by the attitude that you have towards others. That's how you reveal what walls you have in your life. It's no secret. Your attitude and your behaviors, they scream loud and clear. And so what attitudes and behaviors do you have? I am sure that no one was making an effort to move to allow Zacchaeus on that day the opportunity to see Jesus. They were kind of, you read the story, they were kind of boxing him out. They were keeping him away from seeing Jesus. They did not want him to do that. And I bet that there was some in that, that, that group, of cr- the, gr- the crowd, that had the mindset, well, here's Zacchaeus. He cheated me out of a hundred bucks. This is my chance to get him back. I bet there's some of those mind, those, that mindset in the crowd. But the problem with that is this. Social barriers that we just create, they create divides in our society. That's all they do. Just because I was wrong did not give me a right to go back and wrong. All I did was make a bigger problem. And we got we to gotta do better than that. You know, the Reddit post that I talked about earlier, all it revealed was broken relationships. My friendship for a day was divided because of how I felt I was wrong and how I reacted to it. Just turn on the news. Go on Facebook for just a moment, and you can see the division that we have created in our society because of the social barriers that we have compounded upon ourselves. You know, for Zacchaeus, he was searching for Jesus. And when Jesus came along, Jesus saw him and he called down, kind of fast forward the story a little bit. And then look what happened when all the people saw Jesus approach Zacchaeus. It says in Luke 19 verse 7, all the people saw this and they began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. You know, here's the problem with it. All the people, they they knew Zacchaeus was there. They knew the situation that was happening. They were watching it. They saw Jesus call him out in the crowd and they were ticked off about it. And so they began to mutter. In other words, they began to gossip. And by doing so, the gossip that we speak or the gossip we partake in, all it does is create more and more tension, more and more pain, more and more hurt. And then before you know it, it creates more division. 
because also we realize we created the tension. We created the barriers. We are the problem. You know, people outside the church often view Christ followers as bigots and judgmental. And sometimes those inside the church view people struggling with certain sin issues or as despicable because of their choices. Now, is the world necessarily going to all follow Jesus because we follow his example precisely and on point? No, the Bible reveals that. But for me, I want to do my best at not developing barriers for people to hear the true message of God's grace. I don't want people to turn away from Jesus because of my poor attitude or my poor behaviors towards them. You see, there is a culture war that is in full force in our society as we speak. There is a definite tension between Jesus and the direction that the world wants to go. Now, don't get me wrong. Jesus said, as they hated him, so they will hate us as well. I know that. I get it. But sometimes the hatred is not directed towards Jesus, but towards how we're packaging his message of grace and redemption. The tension gets more heated by the day, and I must say, if we are falling prey to the social barriers that we have created, we cannot achieve the mission that Jesus gave to us. If we keep trying to win the Facebook debates, we cannot achieve the mission of being his witness, being his light, being his um, salt in this world. My friends, Jesus is not a political party. He is not Republican. He is not Democrat. He's not even Libertarian. You know who Jesus is? He is the Almighty One. Who who was and who is and who is to come. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. He is our advocate, the author and perfecter of our faith. Jesus is the bread of life that satisfies our souls. He is the chief cornerstone and the foundation for us to build upon. Jesus is the deliverer whom is faithful and true. He is the good shepherd and the great high priest. Jesus is Emmanuel, indescribable, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Lamb of God, the light of the world. He is our mediator, the one who sets us free. He is our hope, our peace, our rock, and our redeemer. He is the risen Lord, and he is the great I am. He is the light of the world. Jesus is the victorious one. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can get to the Father except through him. And my friends, we need to stop reducing Jesus as something as mundane as a political stance that only creates barriers in our society and believe in him for who he is, the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. Jesus is the almighty one. Amen. The question is, Do you trust him? Do you trust him? Do you believe in him for who he is? Do you follow him fully? You see, I believe with all my heart, Jesus is the source of change. He is the hope that we want to see in this world. There is no other way. There is no other person. And we need to trust him completely. We need to follow his example fully. Because breaking down the walls of social barriers require action. 
It requires action. We must take the first step. And so often I feel we're waiting for someone else to do it. We're kind of sitting on the sidelines, sitting on the bench, waiting for someone else to take the first step. And I will never forget when I was in a church setting during an argument and one side verbally said to the other side, we can't forgive them because, well, they never asked for forgiveness. And my friends, what a complete misunderstanding of what forgiveness is all about. Jesus said forgiveness is not about waiting for someone else to take the first step. Jesus provided the example. It's taking the first step of offering forgiveness. And I am so thankful that Jesus did not say that about us because if he did, the cross would never have happened. It just wouldn't have happened. Jesus took the first step to us to give us forgiveness. And sometimes, you know, we're, we know we're wrong. I know, boy, I'm the one who made the issue. I'm the one who created the barrier. I'm the one who did this. Yet, Sometimes because we are wrong and we know we are wrong, what that leads to is embarrassment. And embarrassment can be a very powerful negative influence in our life. Because then what embarrassment tends to do is then it holds us back from making the next right choice. It keeps us from moving forward. It causes us to make more bad choices and to react in a negative way. And we can't allow that to happen. You know, for Zacchaeus, he knew he was wrong. He knew he created this. But he wasn't going to stop. Look at verses 3 and 4 of Luke 19. It says, he, Zacchaeus, wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short and he could not see over the crowd, so he ran ahead and climbed a, a sycamore fig tree to see him. And since, since Jesus was coming that way. Zacchaeus did not want to allow the barriers to stop him. And neither should we. We, give, we do a pretty good job sometimes at allowing the barriers in our life to become excuses from doing what God called us to do. And we're never going to achieve what God wants us to be when we allow excuses to win. You know, there was something about Jesus, something that Zacchaeus just wanted to see. He, he had to see who this man and what he was all about. He knew there was something missing in his life. He knew he needed to fill this void. Don't overlook the powerful message here. Zacchaeus was a dirty, rotten scoundrel. He was as sinful as they come. And in the eyes of the religious world, he was despicable. Zacchaeus was a lost cause. He was an enemy of the church. Sound familiar? Because sometimes we claim those on other people today too. But know this, every person, no matter what their choices in life may be, ultimately has a void in their heart that they are seeking to fill. They do. I did, so do you. And Zacchaeus was searching for fulfillment of that void that he had. He knew something was missing. To the crowd, Zacchaeus was a lost cause. To Jesus, he was a child of God with tremendous value. He is someone searching that Jesus so desperately wanted to help find his way. Zacchaeus was just trying to get a glimpse of Jesus. And here's the truth of it. When we take action, Jesus takes action too. Look what happens in Luke 19 verses 5 through 6. When Jesus reached that spot, he looked up and they said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Zacchaeus and Jesus both did something remarkable in that moment. They crossed the man-made boundary line. They crossed it. 
Zacchaeus went to Jesus. And Jesus went to the, 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 the uh, despicable Zacchaeus. They hung out. They built a friendship. Grace was revealed. And truth was realized. You know, it's been written in James 4. Come near to God and he will come near to you. What a great promise that is. What a great promise that is that we can lean on. That Jesus will always be our side. Zacchaeus did not allow any of the social barriers to hold him back. He did not allow the embarrassment of his own choices to stop him from seeing Jesus. And in the middle of the crowd, Jesus was focused on that outcast that nobody wanted anything to do with. And he took the first step. As followers of Jesus, we need to take that step. We need to take the step of crossing the boundary line. We can't wait. We cannot hide in our holy huddles. We need to take action. You know, I've heard it said before, if everyone around you looks, acts, and votes like you, it's time to expand your circle. Otherwise, we assume things from a distance and draw false conclusions. Like the people in the crowd, our natural tendency is to point out sin of others. Their wrongdoing, how awful they are. But Jesus calls out with love. Jesus reveals grace. Jesus begins to build a relationship that guides towards his heart, that guides towards his truth. You know, my early days of ministry, I was in Cincinnati, and I did a lot of inner city work. And when I was in the inner city doing that work, I saw a lot of people making really bad choices, using a lot of really bad language. And, you know, I would call them out. But you know what they did? They just pushed me away. They didn't trust me. They didn't want anything to do with me. And so as I got wiser, I changed my focus. I changed my focus from initially looking at their bad language or bad choices. I just want to build a relationship. And you know what began to happen? Lives began to change. They started to take the right steps. Behaviors got adjusted. And they began to trust me more. You see, oftentimes it's not about the message but how the message is packaged. That's what's so valuable as we journey with Jesus. The Bible says that the truth will set you free. So how do you deliver that message? Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, Jesus is the truth that opens those doors. And he's the one we should guide them to. So breaking down the the walls of social barriers happens when we follow Jesus' example of grace and action, guiding people into a real relationship with him, who is the truth. But sometimes as we follow Jesus, we fall into this false confidence. We kind of go through all the motions. We live our lives the way we want to live them. We do our own thing. We make the choices we want to make. We do our own life. And we come into church and we kind of go through all the right rituals. And we think by doing all the right rituals, then we're good to go. This is the barrier that the world tends to call out us as hypocrites. Because we go through all the church rituals, but sometimes we never adjust our behaviors. We never adjust our choices. You know, in high school, just to be honest, I didn't make all the right choices. I did a lot of the stupid things because my ambition in high school was to be popular. 
And oftentimes I found myself at the party scene with all the other friends that I had back then. And, you know, at the party scene, then you would start drinking and doing all that stuff. And I remember one time I was sitting there drinking and going too far with the drinking with other people around the table. And they knew Bill was a churchgoer. And one friend of, sat there across the table and he looked me right in the eyes and he just asked me, so in your church is like doing this stuff, is that, you know, getting drunk, is that okay? That's, that's cool? And in that moment, I thought, I am an idiot. I'm an idiot. Because I wasn't being different. I was just being everybody else. You know, I see this a lot when guys get together. You know, we think we have to be cool. We want to connect with the crowd. And so we go too, the guys go too far drinking. They, they start to use all the bad language because they think it's cool and they just want to fit in. But you know what all you're doing? Just being a hypocrite. God calls us to be set apart. And so what sets you apart as followers of Jesus, we need to find the ability to be within the crowd, but not become like the crowd. They need to see something different in us so that when they see us, they see him. That's what being his light is all about. I want to be his light. You think when, Zacche when Jesus got together with Zacchaeus at his house, he was getting drunk and partying and using all the filthy language of the day? You better believe he was not, but he was building a relationship with Zacchaeus, that transformed him. It transformed him. This isn't about being perfect, but striving to live more and more like Jesus that sets me apart, that people should see a difference in me. They should see a difference in you too. You know, we find the same struggle of people just in this false confidence in the Old Testament with the prophet Micah. The people had this false confidence that they believe that that their poor choices, that their wrongdoings would just completely be covered over by going through all the right rituals and doing the right sacrifices of the day. They were just going through the motions. But you see, the problem was they were willing to give gifts, but they weren't willing to give themselves. And God wants you. He wants you. And that's when we see Micah say in Micah 6.8, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? to act justly, to love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. You know, Micah 6, 8 reveals the behavior that God desires from us. Quickly put, to act justly. You know, in other words, we are not to be falling prey to bribery, to theft, to oppression, to putting other people down, to being dishonest. But we should strive to, for, to, to live up and to call for justice. To, we have a social responsibility towards other people in our community. To love mercy. In other words, we are supposed to strive to live by the same love that God poured down in our life that we are supposed to give back to him and to give others around us. To walk humbly with our God. In other words, putting other people always before, before ourselves. Not living a life that's self-serving and it's all about me, but giving up what I feel is I want for what's best for others. It means to walk humbly with our God. Giving myself to Jesus requires an attitude and lifestyle change. That's what it requires. Note this, responding like Jesus will open doors that you never knew existed. That's truth be told. 
Sometimes we think it's a lost cause. We think that person's not worth it. But when you respond like Jesus, you will open doors that you never knew existed. When we respond like Jesus, walls are torn down. Changes are made. Attitudes are adjusted. Just look what happened to Zacchaeus at the end of the story in verses 8 through 10. It says, but Zacchaeus, he stood up. And he said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. You know, everybody in the crowd on that day viewed Zacchaeus as a lost cause. Nobody wanted to hang out with him. Nobody wanted anything to do with him. But Jesus' response opened the door that everyone else did not know existed. Know this. Responding with love and grace, it doesn't mean that truth is ignored. It is how you deliver the message. At some point, the message needs to be delivered. You see, Zacchaeus knew the truth. He He understood the truth. Maybe more so than the religious folk of that day. But he did not grasp the truth until someone actually welcomed him in. Until someone took the first step. Just think of what you could do if you follow that example. What God would want to do through you. You know, back in college, one of the guys I served in ministry with, he was um, the, the lead pastor at the place we served at. And my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, went over to have dinner with him and his wife. And I remember being at their home late at night after dinner, and the gentleman and myself were both sports fans, so we turned on the local sports talk show. And if you've ever seen a shock jock, you know, it's those sports announcers that they don't know much about sports, but they just like to cuss and be loud and, and, and obnoxious. You know, it was, one of the, it was those, that type of show. And we're watching that. I'm like, man, they could, they could actually be kind of good if they just knocked that all off. You know, so we're like, hey, let's see if we can kind of get them to stop. So we both decided to call in. I called him first. I was young and stupid and didn't really have a good plan. And I called and I asked some stupid questions out in Cincinnati. I, you know, some stupid question. Hey, will the Bengals ever actually win a game type of a question, you know? And um, so they started talking and then they started doing their usual kind of go off and everything. And I just finally interrupted them and said, hey, can you just stop cussing? And they hung up on me and they went off. We had to mute the t- TV. It was bad. And then the other guy's with, he's like, okay, let me give it a try. So he called in after they cooled it off a little bit. And then he asked a question. And then they started going off again. He goes, hey, hey guys, can, can I ask another question? Yeah, what, what's going on? He goes, you know that guy Bill that just called a little bit ago? Yeah, that guy's an idiot. And they're going off of me. I'm like, oh, my goodness. He goes, I, I, I kind of think Bill has a point. I'm trying to watch this show with my kids. And, you know, we would really enjoy your show, but we just can't watch it because of all the language and how you act. And your show could be so much better if you would just stop that and all this stuff. You should see their, their faces got white as ghosts. And all of a sudden you could see them starting to look. Someone behind the cameras was talking to them. And you could see them t- like kind of going back and they're like, you, 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 maybe, yeah, I think you might have a point. Yeah, maybe we should just stop. You, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll not do that anymore. And they completely changed. It was amazing. You never know what doors are there if you don't act like Jesus. When we respond like Jesus, there are doors that you never knew existed. You can change the world. 
You can change the world. Let's tear down those walls. Let's cross those boundary lines of social, the social barriers we created and see what God does through you. I really hope you come back next week because you know what is the game changer at breaking down walls? Kindness. And we're going to talk about kindness in a big way, a way, some ways that maybe you've never even thought of before because kindness is the game changer. So come back next week. Let's talk more about how we can make a difference in this world, how we can be the difference that God called us to be, how he wants to love others through you. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you so much because you have gone before us and have done extraordinary things. Lord, we know this world is hurting. This world is in so much turmoil. And as followers of you, you call us to take the first step, to respond by the example that you have given to us. Lord, there are so many Zacchaeuses in this world that we are not giving the time of day. Lord God, sometimes we have created barriers because of our own choices. But Lord God, help us to tear down those walls. Help us to change our attitudes, change our behaviors to be more like you. And Lord God, may we just follow your example. It's in your name we pray. Amen.